Another edition of the Metrospective, Pete McCarthy with Tim Britton and uh, Pete Alonzo and Robinson Cano are circling the bases again, Tim. <laughs> the game is not over yet as you're listening to this. <laughs> I believe it's the sixth the sixth inning of, of Monday's game. It's, it's like those Stanley Cup playoff games that start uh, mid-afternoon and don't end until late at night. Would it take an hour and a half to get through the first inning and a half? Yeah, you know, I keep track of things like that just in case. The second inning, the, the top of the second inning ended at 8.02 after 52 minutes of baseball. Uh, you know, Robert Gazelman had, a, I think, a 22-minute bottom of the first. Uh, a, a long game, not a particularly well-played game, but still for the Mets, uh, a game they, they needed, uh, you know, it, it seemed like they were giving away some opportunities early in that game to put Miami mm-hmm. away, and then Cano and Alonzo took care of business the rest of the way. Well, hey, this is going to be Mets baseball for the weeks ahead, is it not? Robert Kesselman is like the last man standing in this rotation. I suppose Rick Porcello, we've got him penned in as well going forward this week. But the Mets down so many pitchers with the struggles of Steven Matz. You're going to have a lot of games like this when you're asking guys to start that haven't been in that position in the big leagues a whole lot now. You know, as long as they score 11 runs each time Robert Gazelman starts, I think they'll be okay if he only goes and if he only gets five or six outs. Uh, it, it is interesting that, you know, they got to the ninth inning of this game having given up only two runs. Uh, and it, it's not like they use their A group of relievers, uh, but, you know, Chase and Shreve has been so good for them uh, in kind of any role they've put him in. I'd be, you know, like, I, I haven't looked up what his... his wins above replacement is he's probably leading the bullpen at this point with his high strikeout rate uh, and how many innings he's pitched for them he's been really important for him uh you know familiar gave up the home run and and brock gave up some hits um but it, it's you can kind of squint and think to yourself that you know maybe they can get by with this bullpen game once every five as long as they're scoring a whole lot in that game well is it is it going to be like three out of every five now tim i mean just what what would you say the status of the rotation is right now? Yeah, so, you know, they got some good news earlier on Monday. You've got Jacob deGrom is slated to make that start Wednesday. You know, that that's obviously enormous for them. Uh, even missing the one start for deGrom is a huge difference for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, David Peterson, after leaving his last start a little bit early because of the shoulder fatigue, everything seems good to go for him on Tuesday. Uh, those are your two best starters right now. Those have been the two guys who have been consistently good for you. One you really expected to in, in DeGrom and one who, who's kind of um, not not come out of nowhere, but but done more than you could have possibly expected for him in his rookie season in Peterson. You know, Porcello has been, it's tough to throw out uh, a start when you've only made a handful of them at this point. But outside of his first start, he's generally kept them in games and pitched very well in two of them at least. Uh, the, the real problem is Steven Matz. Uh, the, the ERA is nine. I think it's 22 innings and, and 22 earned runs, maybe 23 innings and 23 earned runs. It's an even nine ERA. Uh, each time, the, the last three have really been disasters for him. Uh, and, you know, it, when it looked like he was building on something mm. uh, his last time out against Philadelphia, it falls apart for him in that fifth inning. Uh, and you look at their win expectancy when Steven Matz has left the game, his last three starts, 2.1%, 2.1%, and 8.6%. Uh, that's not giving your team much of a chance. No, it's unacceptable, as Steven Matz has said, I think, after multiple uh, of these starts. And 
you know, just listening to him, at times he says, you know, I, I feel like I have good stuff. And at times he's, he's beating himself up. And maybe you don't see it on the mound from him as often as we used to. He's emotional when he's out there, but you certainly hear it after these games. I mean, there's got to be a, a confidence issue that is mixing into all of this at this point that the Mets are, uh, I'm sure, trying to rectify with him. Yeah, I mean, this is a guy who we've, we've seen it in the past, how how innings tend to snowball on him. Uh, and, you know, I, I think you go back to that 2017 season when the bad results snowballed this kind of way on him during that year. Uh, and you're starting to see that again where uh, you, you wonder if, you know, early on in that fifth inning, he's starting to think, oh, no, here we go again. Because that's certainly what a lot of the fan base thinks during that type of inning for Mats. Uh, the, the home runs have obviously been an enormous issue. Uh, and, you know, he he's talked about it, Louis Rojas talked about it, Jeremy Hefner's talked about it. The, the stuff ha- hasn't backed up or anything. It's not like he's throwing 90, uh, like the velocity is way down or anything. Uh, he's just not locating enough of his secondary stuff consistently enough. Uh, he's not locating his fastball consistently enough. It's bleeding out over the plate too often, leaving too many things in the middle of the plate. You know, this is... It's not like a fluky nine ERA either. It seems kind of well earned at this point. Yeah. There's a lot of hard contact in his starts, but you know the the Mets haven't committed to him on Thursday. Uh, I don't really see what the secondary option is if you're not going to start Mats. Uh, whether you you know want to give Walker Lockett another start and see if Mats can work things out in the bullpen because that did work for him a little bit last year. It helped him out with his first inning issues when he did that at the All Star break. But other than that, you know, this is a guy you're counting on, not just for this year, but he's supposed to be a pretty important part of your rotation next year. Uh, they've, they've got to figure out how to get him right uh, and soon. What's well, the problem for Matt? It's not just, you know, you look at three starts or you look at what's happened this year. Early on in his career, the issue was staying on the mound, staying healthy. Now, over the last three seasons, he's been healthy. But he just hasn't pitched well. He's been a mediocre pitcher for a long time now. It's been a while since Dan Worthen was comparing him to Clayton Kershaw. You know, like he's not going to be what Mets fans and the Mets themselves hoped he would be when he came up. And I think you just got to look at him. He's a back end of the rotation guy at this point. Yeah, it's it's really flip form from the guy who, when he was on the mound, was really good for you. Uh, and you just wish, man, I wish he could pitch more often to now he's on the mound all the time. He's making 30. He's made 30 starts each of the last each of the last two years. Hasn't missed a start yet this year. Uh, but just, you know, the, the results of the last couple of years, basically league average, you know, uh, and that's a guy who's it's valuable to a point. It's it's worth paying uh, pre arbitration and into arbitration. Uh, but, you know, he's next year will be his final year of arbitration. He'll be making, you know, seven plus million dollars probably. Uh, and then you get into free agency, and those guys get paid even more than that. Uh, and you have to wonder, is is that a guy that you want to commit to financially for very long? At this point, you know, you could have come into this season and imagined a scenario where Steven Matz performs a certain way, especially when you have the question marks around Noah Syndergaard's mm-hmm. status next year. You want to lock up Steven Matz beyond 2021. And right well, now, it- you're like, do, do we even want to bring him back next year? I, do, do you want to start them this week, even though they have no other options? And this is a real question that the Mets are continuing to deal with as we were within two days of that start, and they won't yet uh, commit to Stephen Matz on Thursday. I mean, that is the reality of his situation right now. And when 
Noah Syndergaard goes down, and Marcus Stroman opts out, and Zach Wheeler's in Philadelphia. Steven Matz has to be more for this team than just their fifth starter, and he's barely holding on to that role as it stands right now. This is someone that they obviously need major improvement from. The economy is getting back underway, and with it, the world of pro sports. Stay ahead of the curve with the unparalleled tools of two world-class news desks, Tim, covering developments across finance, economics, technology, sports. You've got the the national conventions. you got all kinds of stuff you got to keep up on these days, Tim. Wait, wait. Finance, economics, technology, sports. I think that's everything. Is that everything? I think that's everything. It's about everything. There's not a whole lot else you can get in there. Maybe some politics. I'm sure they're there. Uh, so subscribe to Bloomberg.com. And if you're not already subscribing to The Athletic, which what are you doing? For a limited time, you'll receive a complimentary subscription to The Athletic. You can't beat that, Tim. <laughs> Cannot beat getting access to Bloomberg and The Athletic. Boom. Package deal. BOGO. Go to Bloomberg.com slash subscribe to sign up today. Uh, They saw some improvement from Pete Alonzo on Monday night. A couple of home runs after he's dropped to sixth in the lineup, the lowest he has ever hit in the big leagues. How needed was this for Alonzo to have a little something to feel good about? Because, I mean, if there's ever been a guy who's pressing, I think it's been him in year two. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny how the the way the kind of the context of your season works. You know, Alonzo has, has been up with a ton of men on base. Uh, the, the, those big situations have found him over the course of the season. I think SNY had the graphic. I think it might be the most, the, the most or second most uh, runners in scoring position for his at-bats coming into tonight. And he's only, he was only hitting, you know, 205 or something in those situations. He's only hitting 215 in general. It's not like he was significantly worse in those spots. He was struggling all around. It just stood out because he was in a lot of bigger, higher leverage spots for the Mets. So it's nice, even when it comes in a game that they win by seven runs, uh, that he was able to, uh, you know, not just have the one, have two home runs, have some good at-bats beyond those two. We've seen him slump in the past where he's still hitting home runs, but the at-bats around them aren't as good. This was a night where... where Pretty much every plate appearance was a good plate appearance for Pete Alonso, uh, and you, and you hope that's you know he had kind of the false start going in the right direction uh, last week against Washington. Maybe this you know you have enough of these nights, uh, then it's the the one series in Philly that looks more like the aberration rather than vice versa. I was watching the the Mets Marlins game on MLB.tv, and for whatever reason the SNY feed did not load up, so I watched the Marlins feed. On that broadcast, and granted, it was late, and they were uh, trying to kill some time, I think, a little bit. But Jeff Nelson, the former Yankee, he said he thinks Robinson Cano could hit 400 this year. Are you buying on that, Tim? No, no. Uh, I mean, Robinson post game said anyone can do it. That, that's not my my worry at this point. I'm, I'm focused more on the team stuff. Uh, I think his average is about 412 uh, now after this game. Uh, you know, you're, you're seeing like as, as frustrating as Cano's 2019 season was, this was a guy who put up three wins above replacement in basically half a season in 2018. Uh, he's always been a talented hitter. I don't think the question about Robinson Cano when the Mets acquired him was, can he hit, uh, right away? You know, you, you thought you would have a couple of years of him as a, a quality offensive player before maybe it was you know, 2022 or so that the offense faded and you wondered whether he could play second base right away. Uh, he didn't do either thing very well last year. 
this year he's, he's showing that he still at least has the offensive capability. Uh, and that, you know, we, we've talked about how deep this lineup can be theoretically. Uh, and when Cano is, is hitting like a guy who should hit third, Pete, you know, if he's, if he's hitting like a guy who deserves that spot in the order that everyone was, was really worried, myself included, he would have at the beginning of the season. Uh, and, you know, you can hit Alonzo sixth and uh, MLB OPS leader Dominic Smith seventh uh, at this point in the season, uh, you know, you can get a glimpse of how good this offense can be if it just distributes its hits better uh, and doesn't clam up with runners in scoring position. It is. I don't think Cano's hitting 400, but it is nice to see that uh, Cano has something still in him because I think that had to be the worry that he had already fallen off the cliff as he you know, hits 36, 37 years old. And you're getting a glimpse of, of what he can do uh, of late. So look, there's a key series for the Mets down in Miami after they were pasted in Philadelphia this weekend. It's very disappointing. Uh, the rotation is was in tatters. Some better news, as uh, Tim mentioned of late, at least Jacob DeGrom will be able to make his regular turn in the rotation. But it's it's urgency time here, Tim. Yeah, they're 10 and 14. This is 40% of the way through the season already. Oh my gosh, uh, what? So, you know, another... Uh, another six days from now will be halfway through the season uh really makes it easy to do the math uh for the most part um but uh what would, so if, can do the math if they're 40 the percent if they're 40 percent through with 10 wins that that means they'd get to 25 so that's that's not i know there's eight teams in the playoffs i don't think 25 and 35 is going to cut it uh i think you got to get at least 27 uh so yeah. i i think you know They've got the Marlins here. This was the first of seven games in 10, 10, 10 days against the Marlins. Uh, I know uh, Miami has played much better than anyone expected to this point in the season, but I don't think there's a lot of uh, people who really believe they're going to do this all season long, and this is a time to try to uh, capitalize on that uh, and you know win five out of those seven or something and get yourself back into position in an NL East that – looks I think weaker than we expected with with Atlanta's starting pitching issues Washington had another blown lead tonight against the Braves uh the Phillies the weekend aside uh haven't looked good you know their bullpen is a mess so Zach Wheeler looked pretty good yeah I mean Nola Wheeler and that offense looked pretty good they're gonna mm -hmm. they, they should win two out of every five with those guys uh but the, the rest of that team hasn't looked as good so it does seem like there is that opening uh more so than you might have expected coming into the year to just finish second in the East, you know, you don't need to, you don't need to have one of the best eight records if you finish second. I'll tell you what, Nola was nasty. He was throwing yeah. wiffle balls up there uh, that night against the New York Mets. So uh, they'll try to keep it going in Miami. Maybe they can hit uh, five hours uh, on the next game in, in nine innings. Wouldn't put it past them, but uh, yeah, uh, Mets trying to get things going here. Tim, always a pleasure, my friend. Adios, Pete.